gosh. Here we go. Yeah, our <clears throat> listen, our house tonight was live. I mean, Nolan had sat down, he'd cozied in and was gonna start watching a basketball game. It was seven fifty five when you called. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we're like, uh, turn that off. It's time to go to bed. And he's like, what? So, <laughs> yeah, dude, you know, we were, we were rocking and rolling tonight. Yep. Yeah. We had a lot going on too. Uh, Kate and Kendall, were going to go to the state dance competition and we straight up ran out of time. And by the time they were able to go, there was like a half hour left of it. And that was, so that was pretty disappointing for Kendall and Kate, but we'll have to make it up to her. So I'm sure. Is this was this last night? Was this the yeah. last night? Oh. Yep. yep. So bummer. Bummer, also, bummer. Well, that's all right. I don't know about you. I am peeling everywhere. My sunburn. I'm not lit. The not. only place, the only place that I'm peeling, uh, from our Florida trip, what is like right here on my forearms, just right up by the elbow. Otherwise, I'm good. I'm on my forearms, Listen, and elbows, backs of my legs. I'm. I mean, it, it is. It's actually a little bit embarrassing. Like, I'm leaving myself behind in places, and it's just. It's embarrassing. No, no amount. You're of molting. It you is. are molting. Uh, the. I actually have to say, the bucket hat really came in. Bucky. The bucket hat came in real handy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Josie apparently was quite upset and was showing everybody the bucket hat because when I was at church on Sunday, I got about 15 different people that were like, Oh, no bucket hat today. And I'm like, not on Sundays. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny, but yeah, it, I, I think the bucket hat really came in clutch because I don't have near the peeling that everyone else seems to have. Yeah. But I think you're I think you're giving the bucket hat a little bit too much and this is why I say that. The bucket or am had, I giving it enough? The bucket hat did nothing to protect your arms nor would it have done anything to protect mine or the backs of my legs. Which is where I, I worst suck. I actually I actually have to say that I believe uh that the bucket hat did protect the backs of my legs. Perhaps. I'm not sure how yet, but I think that actually came into play. So it's your story. I just oh, I've, I've well, got I, new peeling going on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. Fresh update. I might be peeling more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lot. Uh, I mean, uh, all that being said, I'm I'm ready to go on another golf trip whenever okay. you are. So where are we going? Let's go. Uh, Phoenix. I love going to Phoenix. Sweet. I'm down. That's like my favorite just getaway quick you know, yeah, that, golf one, day. that one's a little quick and easier than Florida, I think. Listen, what I really love to do, and I've only I've only done this. Well, I've I've actually only done this for a baseball game, but I you can do it for golf too. I've taken the first flight out of Denver in the morning down to Phoenix. You're down in Phoenix at like eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. You can we what we did that day was we went and and uh, uh, watched a baseball game, but I have flown in and we're on the course by eleven. And okay. you're playing golf, and then you get done, you stay the night, you get up, you play again, and then you take the last flight home that night. But you can do it all in one day. Oh, it's so nice. You can do, like, first flight in, last flight home. Perfect. Yeah. 
you can do it all in one day, but I mean, if I'm going to travel that far, I want to at least stay at night. You know, stay at night. Get I mean, that's fine. Out. I got no issues. Yeah, then you can play. Then what you should do is get down there, play, then play a par three, then play the next morning. Get, yep. You know, as much golf as possible because we're junkies. Fair, fair. Yeah, you uh, you converted me. I was uh, I was into golf before, and now I'm annoyingly into golf. It's Welcome. Fun. fun for me, less fun for those who I live with. It's really fun. Uh, I'll I'll run into people now. Well, this has actually been a long time, but I'll run into somebody and they'll be like, "Yeah, I like to golf. You like to golf?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." And I kind of soft I, I like soft play into it because you know I don't want people to think I'm weird. So I'll just kind of yeah, I like golf. I follow it a little bit, and then um, pretty soon I just take over and I realize like, oh, you really don't like golf. Cause Not I'm like talking about golf. things. Yeah. Sure. I'm talking about things and you like your eyes have glazed over and you, you have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> about. And, and I'm like, yeah, they've got like a Tom Doak course. And did you know Tom Doak did common grounds here in Denver? And, and then like, Oh, and I played that Tom Doak course out in Bandon and um, you know, and I'll just go ham for a little while. And then people are like, I'm sorry. I, I just, I play at the municipal course here and I'm like, Oh, okay. So, hey, on that note, Caleb, who's going to win the players? Man, this is probably the low-hanging fruit, but I kind of like Rory to win it. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people picking him. I mean, it, and that's why I almost didn't want to say it's, it because everybody's got Rory. But, I mean, I don't know. Who do you got? Uh, Spieth. You think he'll do I, it? Yeah, I mean, he should have won last week. Technically, yeah. I mean, he should have won last week. He missed, he missed like four six foot putts that he normally drains, and he would have won it going away. So I think he's playing some good golf, and I think if he wins now, then he'll be primed to win again on Easter Masters Sunday. Okay. So I need him to get that W out of the way now. What do you think about? Um, where do you think? Brombo will will fit into the mix. Mm, I don't know. He did not play very well last week. Yeah, but I mean, he's gonna have some down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Down weeks, um, right? Yeah, but golf is so much about streaks. It's like who's got the hot hand, you know? Yeah. Yep. I'll be I'll be curious to see. Uh, the other question that I have, Scheffler. Um. Yeah, I'm just now. Now I'm kind of going to another hole. I mean, you've You're got welcome. Doris, Fitzpatrick. I, mean, I don't know. There's. It's gonna be fun. I do enjoy the players. It's a good. It's a good event for sure. And it. I love that they moved it to March, because it's a. Um, it's just a much better time of year for it to be in Florida. Course is in much better shape. It's not nearly as dried out. And it just it plays long because it it's a lot softer, so it's sure. going to be nice. So going to so be nice. Before we roll into uh, what the show's about, I have yeah. one last question that I'm I'm dying to know the answer. TPC Sawgrass, 17th hole, Island Green, 137 yeah. yards to the center. Yeah. What's your club? 
you got? Okay. So listen, there's a few things that go into this. Okay. But I'm at sea level and I, and at sea level at 137 is, is between clubs for me. So I'm probably going to have to club up because I don't want to be short. I'm going with a nine iron in clubs in Colorado at elevation. No, no, at elevation, it's a pitching wedge all day. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm real hyped up and feeling super juicy, I'd even, I could maybe hit a 50 degree, but I, I mean, at sea level, I'm right between what a full pitching wedge would be and, and something that's like an 80, 90% nine iron ish thing. And those shots I'm not good at. So I'd probably take a, a nine iron, choke it down a little bit. What about you? I don't know. It's probably I'm not as dialed in with my distances as you are yet, obviously. But my my thought would be probably a stock pitching wedge. Stock. Just a nippy little spinner up there, right to the yeah. side. Just that's you got it. Yes. So there. Yeah. There's stock that pitching wedge. Just, yeah, just that yeah. hop, hop, and stop, be, you know what I mean? It'd, it'd probably, for me, be a stock pitching wedge or a chippy nine, you know? It just kind of... Stock. I love right. stock. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love it when somebody's just like, yeah, it's a stock club for me, and I'm like, oh, good. I just, yeah, I just wanted to be able to say nippy little spinner, and I found a way to get that in. You in, got, you in, did get that one in there. We, we can now move on. We we said nippy little spinner about fifteen thousand times last week <laughs> in Florida. So all right, cool. So what's been going on at work for you? What uh, what leadership struggles have you had? You know, it's been gosh, nothing nothing crazy, man. It's just the normal the normal grind stuff. Um, you know, I, I always I always say, and we've talked about this before, but in, in my position now, I, I get to do a whole lot less uh, fun oil field stuff um, and, and a lot more people stuff. Right. You know, so yeah. um, just right right now, we are intensely focused on shifting the culture uh, at, you know, where I work and, and trying to um, we're just trying to make make the environment more positive and and it we've, we've kind of gotten into a rut and and you know we're due due for a change so um in fact i, I just had a meeting today we've got a we have a committee a, a safety committee that that has been established that hasn't really gained a ton of traction yet and so um had had a meeting today with those guys about that to see what we could do to to really ramp things up and and one thing we talked a lot about was you know, I think when we rolled this committee out, we did a poor job of establishing a, like a mission or purpose up front, right? So today we established that the safety committee exists to make safety enjoyable and fun at Salt Creek, right? So what we're what we're looking at doing, man, is is you know what what can we do to promote engagement to make people in, enjoy being here, right? And you know, one thing that I've been threw out there, it's like, hey. We're, we're having trouble getting observations and getting people to to, you know, do the paperwork that we ask for in terms of like, hey, if you use stop work, put that on paper, report that stuff like that. You know, so um, one thing that I brought up to to promote that that might be kind of fun. We'll see where it goes. But uh, if if we get a certain amount of observations uh, by a certain time period this year, 
I, I'll throw down a Carolina Reaper, Reaper Pepper during our safety meeting there uh, one month, right? Something like that. So kind of like, hey, I'll incentivize. I'll hurt myself. I'll fall on a grenade if you guys will, will uh, work a little harder at this. And I, I think stuff like that um, will really help. So yeah, short story long, man. We've, we've got That's a lot great. of that kind of stuff going on, just trying to figure out how we can we can make it the, the workplace a little bit more enjoyable to, to show up to every day, man. That's a tough thing, you know, steering the culture ship. It's a humongous ship, and it moves super slow. It doesn't – I'm even finding, like, the size – I don't believe the size of the organization matters. I mean, steering culture, even I've got six people in our office every day, you know, 45 people in the company total, and – you know, even just steering the culture there and might even be harder because the people just get so rutted, so entrenched in what they do and how they do things. And then when somebody new comes in and wants to kind of change up how things are done, really throws people for a loop. Like when I did our first leadership meeting that I ran for our like uh, office leaders um, and I tried to get them to like just engage. So normally what they would do is, is give just an update and they would just, you know, basically be like, this is what I did this week was the update. And it was just dreadful. And so I was like, Hey, let's actually have a conversation and talk about some, some things um, and talk about like big issues, but then talk about personnel issues and how do we want to do this? And let's talk about just bigger company goals and where do we want to be and, and who do we want to be? It was like I was talking to brick wall. I mean, they, they just could not compute it. But then this week, now we've, we're a couple months in, and this week the VP of ops he came in uh, to the meeting yesterday, and he's like, "Hey, I've got a new thing I want to do, and I'm going to call it how to improve the bottom line." And he's like, "And it's just a, a time when we can just throw ideas out there of how we could improve the bottom line." And I'm like, "Yeah, let's do there more of that. Let's there do more is. of that." But, yeah. but you know, awesome. it's that. It, it, those things are hard to get going, you know? So, uh, also you're a much better man than I am. Cause I have, I would not hurt myself at all. Like I'm like, I would let somebody else eat a Carolina Reaper pepper if, uh, if they got all their paperwork in, but listen, that man, sounds awful. I'll, I'll fall on a grenade to get the ball, the ball rolling, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it, it could be a regular thing. It'll, I think it'll, I think that'll play. I'll be interested I, to hear that goes. I mean, I, somebody else was going to do it. It would entice me to do a better job at my job. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's got legs, man. That's, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but no hunt. Yeah, absolutely. That I think, I think that, and, and that, that's just one example of kind of what, what uh, we talked about today in terms of, of how we want that committee to, to add value, right, is, you know, come up with ideas of how we can, you know, from from a, a field employee's perspective, you know, how, how do we make this better? Like, what can we yeah. what can we do to make this more fun and, and, and you know, make make people uh, excited to participate? Right. So it's not yep. just pencil whip and stuff that you don't really think matters. Right. So. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, that's uh. That's good stuff. I've got something kind of like that where I thought I was going to make it better. And man, it really kind of blew up in my face. But um, this last week, I, I've, I've been working now for the last month to, con- excuse me, to convert our foreman. 
uh, to salary from hourly wage. And it's this whole big thing that we've been working on. I had to get the owner to buy in on it. You know, the field guys or the, the ops guys, you know, they, I wanted their buy in on it. Everybody was in and I, and I pitched it to the foreman and they had gotten soft tossed it. So they knew it was coming. I pitched it to the foreman and, uh, it was, it was crazy. I completely missed the value proposition, completely missed it. Uh, and it became just really obvious to me in the first two meetings that I had on Monday morning that I had completely missed what was valuable to the foreman. Um, and so it was, it was kind of a neat little learning opportunity for me. So j- just, just so I'm understanding what you mean, you, you presented it as a, this will add value to the company, but didn't include as how it would help them out. No, 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 no. So I, I gave them a value proposition for themselves. I, I said, Hey, this is, this is something, this is not necessarily for the company. I was saying, Hey, this is a steady paycheck for you. This is mm-hmm. more time back in your pocket. Cause you know, I'm not expecting you as a salaried employee. It works differently. You know, now you're not getting paid for every hour you're on the job. I'm, I'm paying you for your performance and for the contribution you make to the company. Mm-hmm. And so there's some benefit that comes with that. Like on a Saturday, I don't need you to sit on the job all day. You know, like maybe we expect out of the hourly employees, like maybe you just go get everybody set up and then you can go do whatever you want to do on a Saturday, right? Get, get your guys set up, have them call you if they need anything. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was the, that was my value proposition to them was state stability um, maybe a little security on the pay side because in the winter time, their hours go down quite a bit, you know, sure. that like they're just coming out of a time when their paychecks are not as good as they normally are because we're not working as many hours. And, and so some stability on the pay side and then some time back in their pocket. And it became really apparent that what they really just value is money. They just wanted, they either wanted more money on their salary or they wanted, they're like, no, I don't like this because I want the hours. I want to work all the extra hours. And I'm like, you would rather work till eight, eight or 9 PM on a summer night. Like, that's what you really want. And I I mean, that's, yes, that's just what they want. That's what they want to do. They want to work long hours and make more money and they want to make more money so they can buy a house. They want to make more money so they can, you know, what they had, they all had reasons. They all had ideas. Um, and that was, it was just eye opening for me. Cause I was like, man, I thought this would be something that they would really embrace. It's like, Hey, I'm going to give you back time that you can go then do. I mean, I'm not putting any barriers on what you can do with that time. I'm sure you can start a side hustle, right? I mean, you can do that's, that's normally what they end up doing. They end up going and starting up a lawn care company or doing drywall with their buddies or framing, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, some other work like that. And, and instead they were like, no, I, I just want more money. So, so kind of an interesting culture thing there because it became really apparent too. And this is something I've been talking with our ops guys about, but I've, there's been a couple of pay periods where I'm like, Hey, we had two days where we didn't work because it was bad weather, snow and cold, and we didn't have the machines running. And we've got guys that are still working like 110, 120 hours in a two, two week pay period. And I'm like, it's, it's the middle of winter guys. It's January. I could go back and add up like how many hours of sunlight there are in the last two weeks. And I don't think I can get 120 hours. I'm like, I don't know what these guys are doing, you know? So I'm, I'm kind of poking around a little bit on that. 
And then I hear them come into my office on the salary offer and they start talking about, you know, how they want the hours. Right. And I'm like, oh, they're incentivized to just go and and basically get steal, hoard as many hours as they can uh, as they possibly can. So pretty interesting. Um, again pretty interesting revelation for me because I realized really quickly that the the value to them is money. And yeah. uh, even the guys that were like, Hey, I would do salary, but, but could you, uh, could you give me a little more money? And I'm like, well, no, cause I, I'm actually giving you more money. If you, if you worked the hours that we're asking you to work and didn't just work, you know, 70 hours a week all the freaking time. So it was pretty interesting. So then, um, so I haven't made an official decision on on any of that, but I mean, no one is really wanting to do it. You know, they're all basically. The, there was a couple that were like, "Yeah, I would do, I would do salary if you made me," but I, but they don't want to. Yeah. So in the in the vein of leadership sucks, the, what's coming out of this is, you know, we're we're turning a ship and we're getting rid of this like, f- you know, free boat tag along hoarding hours mentality and it's like no you're gonna get a certain amount of hours and you're not gonna get to just work however many hours you think you want to work and throw up buku overtime every week or every pay period so uh we we're starting to clamp down on that and uh this is just totally bizarre to me but our field superintendent he did not see any of their time cards before they got posted into payroll so the the foreman would put their time card in and would sit would send the time card into the admin and the admin then would enter it into our accounting system and then it would get processed through. And I'm like, that's just that's so I stopped that like now and I'm like, no, time cards will be sent to Caesar. I want him to see every time card because if you guys if he's like, hey, you worked you worked way too many hours, you 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 know we're not doing this, fix your time card. Um, I want him to call that because it's not fair to make the admin go. This seems like a lot of hours, you know? Uh, so it's, it's just kind of an interesting cultural shift and man, it sucks. Cause you're, you're dealing with real people with real lives, families. And, well, and it's like, yeah, but I'm, you're also it's a happy medium or not happy. A middle ground would maybe be okay right now there's obviously no checks and balances to what hours guys work right we just do whatever we want and we put hours on our card so rather than take that ability away to to work your hours make their time cards be approved and, and have somebody hold somebody accountable to hours right you know because yeah. that that alone that that might be a, a good fix joel is is you end up with a, a guy's going to be a lot less likely to to try to squeeze a bunch of extra hours in if he knows that somebody who knows the hours he worked is going to check his time card. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal to me because I've looked back at this company, and you know we it they've they've had good good times and good performance, but they've also had some like inexplicable misses. And I think when you come down to it, I think it comes down to some of the stuff like this where there's just not been the accountability to say, hey, you 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 didn't actually work 117 hours this last pay period. 
Like that's, you're not being truthful, right? I'm not trying to be an a-hole about it. I'm just being real. Like I, I want you to enjoy this job and I want you to give your best. And I want this to be a place where you learn and grow and develop and be a leader. But I'm like, we're not a charity either. Right. I mean, we, we, it behooves all of us to do things that make the company money. And that, that mentality definitely doesn't exist yeah. right now. So you're talking about changing culture and things like that, man, there's some, there's some big hills to climb uh, in front of me, mm-hmm. but that was one this week that I was just blown away by. I, 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 um, I even made a special effort and I mean, this isn't like crazy stuff. I'm up at five in the morning anyway, so it's not a big deal, but I went out uh, to the office real early um, to meet them before they went out into the field. So the goal was, Hey, they swing by the office, they grab fuel, they get some supplies for the day and they're, they're leaving. And so I'm like, Hey guys, meet me, you know, come swing into my office, 6am I'll be there, you know, happy to chat about this. And I had given each of them individually their offers. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of them were there out of the six were there at seven or at six, sorry, two out of the six foremen were there at six. Um, one of them emailed me at seven and was like, Hey, I have an inspection at 7:45, so I'm not going to be there. Uh, another one showed up a little bit before that at about seven or maybe it was a little after seven actually. Yeah, it was, it was after seven. He showed up, um, you know, and it's just like, some of that tells you a lot too, where it's, it's just like, Hey, I, I made myself available. Now I'm not demanding that you just come down and fall at the throne. That's not the point. But um, there is a respect thing. It's like, hey, I, I made myself available to come talk to you. And you're like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm like, I'll come talk to you when it's convenient to me. And that was pretty eye opening as well, because it's like oof, culture, man, it's it's a big ship to turn. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes me think of one thing that I've really been thinking a lot about just more more so recently with with my leadership struggles i guess would is you know my my tendency and i think the tendency of a lot of people a lot of leaders in general is i want i want people to like me i want want to be likable you know and it's dangerous as a leader when you use that as the as your your gauge for success or or failure right is whether or not people are happy with you or like you Mm -hmm. that being said you know I've, i've really focused on shifting towards a mentality of I, I really don't care if people like me, but I, I really want them to respect me. And, and oh, that's good. A lot of times it's, it's like in your case, Joel, with the, the, the conversations that need to be had and, and, you know, what it's going to take to shift mentality and to get people to understand um, why you're doing what you're doing. You know, it, it, there's, there's going to be people that don't like it and don't like you for it. But I, I think that if it's presented the right way, they'll respect you for what you're trying to do for the company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point. I think you have to, as a leader, you have to disconnect yourself from being likable. I don't think there's anything that you're, you're never going to win if you if your goal is to be liked mm-hmm. because you're not going to be able to make the hard decisions. So I agree with that. And honestly, I'm also man, people that. As, as a leader, people that like you or you get along with and everything, mm-hmm. you 
leaders think that that makes life easier when people it actually doesn't it doesn't make mm-hmm. it easier when you're trying to nurture a friendship and lead this person it just makes it complicates things so much yeah, you know but if, if your focus if your focus is more on hey i'm gonna say something that you don't want to hear but you know i think it's uh is it the heartbreak kid when throughout the movie kind of a line that he says a lot is he's like at first it's gonna hurt but in the yeah. end good things right that's kind yeah. of what that's what leadership is in a lot of ways and when you're when you're having to have those conversations with people that you like and like you and you want to maintain that relationship it's tough man because yeah i also think uh the kind of in the same breath um I think that leaders, a lot of times they get scared that they're going to make somebody upset and that person's going to leave. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do if this person leaves? Like, how am I going to fill that gap? And and actually, there are times and you, that you shouldn't do things to piss people off and make them leave. That's not that's not good leadership. But if you're making the right decision in the circumstance and that person cannot see the the benefit and the value in that decision and they choose to leave, you're probably better off for that. And I think that's part of this too, for me, where I'm going, Hey, there might be some guys like we, we've got to stop doing what we've been doing because it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's sit here and let's actually do some, let's make some wise decisions. Let's change some things. And there's going to be the guys that can adjust to that and, and buy in are going to, they're going to thrive and they're going to be successful here. There's not everybody can do that. And that's fine. You know, and it's probably better for everybody that they move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think, you know, that's another piece to that where you have to be okay with letting people go if they can't get on board, you know, that's. Yeah. Yep. So that, hmm. that in, in leadership, that is, is such a tough thing to wrap your brain around is, is letting someone go, you know, I, the way I see it, man, and and I've I've thought through this a ton here in the in the last year where I'm at right now. What it comes down to is fit, and you have to run things as 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 best you can that that adds value to the company and and do your job for the company, do what you were hired to do for the company. And for some people, they're not going to fit in whatever that looks like. And yeah. and that's their decision to to say this isn't, you know, my values don't align with this or you know, I I'm not I don't enjoy this, right? And then as a leader, you have to to have the courage to support that person in in leaving, right? And it's not yeah. a good thing. It's a hey, I can acknowledge that, you know, we can acknowledge that this isn't a good fit. And that's okay. Um and and Sometimes you you let you let those people go, right? But what when it gets really dangerous is when you get somebody and you know it's not a good fit. You know you you find you find a groove with the company. Certain people are going to rise. Certain people are going to show that hey, this isn't working for me, right? So you can see yeah. that. And then if you ignore that, that's when you create situations that that cause a toxic environment, right? When you get people who you know aren't a good fit. Yeah. And and you're you refuse to have the conversations and and you know help that person onto a better opportunity or or to to 
I mean, some, sometimes it's just a matter of changing perspective and mentality, but that's very difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jim Collins in that in good to great, he talks about um, making sure you've got not just the right people on the bus, but the right people in the right seat. Right. So that's, that's a big deal. So fit matters a lot and you can have like great performers and they're just in the wrong, wrong seat. And that can be really detrimental to the whole company. So yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And it's uh, reminds me of a quote too, that um, I've always loved. It's uh, Craig Rochelle said, what you permit, you promote. And, uh, and I think there's part of that too, where it's like, if you're going to allow someone who's a bad fit in the organization to stay there or if you're going to allow like in my case you know what i would deem you know eh, bad behavior right you're hoarding hours and and cheating the company a little bit for your own gain uh if you permit that and you don't say anything about it Mm -hmm. what you're doing is promoting it and it becomes rampant it becomes the culture and that's what's kind of happened is it you know it seems innocuous at first it's like ah that's harmless it's no big deal so you know they they put a few more hours on there and stuff and then all of a sudden it's a few more hours and all of a sudden it's it's you know and i'm not saying these guys are dishonest completely dishonest but um i mean they're definitely not i i can't imagine they're actually working like physically adding value to the company working all the hours that they say they are so they might be at the job but you know they might be at the job an hour before the sun comes up and what are you doing for that hour well you're sitting in your truck you know well that like i'm paying you for that and if you don't start to to snuff that out you end up permitting it and when you permit it you promote it 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 can be devastating for all of that culture stuff yep you know one thing that it makes what it makes me think of joel is kids so i've got a three and a five year old in the house right now and what they do constantly is they look for the limit they do stuff that they know that that we don't like or or won't like and it's like they're trying to see where we'll draw the line constantly oh yeah right that's how that's how we are we are built that way right kids do it adults mature and and find a way to disguise it more but that's what we're always going to find a limit right and, and almost challenge leadership to stop it, right? And, yeah. and I'm going to continue to do this until somebody tells me no. Most of the time when somebody when when somebody steps in and, and holds another accountable, the behavior stops, right? And, and it's yeah. not even that big of a deal. It's just like, okay, cool. That's the limit. I, now I know, right? Yep. But, but until that limit's set, why not? Why not yeah. keep? keep going you know so yeah, there's that, no line drawn yeah yeah and that, that's that's what i i that's what i kind of see here like with with what you've described with the hours and stuff like that right it's like hey yeah um sneak a couple hours on and and uh you know nobody's checking it and and if you aren't cheating you aren't trying right well yeah some, somebody stopped me right so and yeah i, I, I want to be clear i'm not saying that you have people that it's doing that. Right. But, um, that mentality could certainly exist. Right. And so I think that if you approach it the right way with the right amount of tact and just let people know, Hey, this is being looked at, there is a limit and and you found it. 
you yep. know, that, that might be all it takes, right? And it might not be a big blow up or a big deal. You know, it's just, okay, we yep. found it. We know. Yep. Yeah, we drew the line. So, yeah, so kind of interesting. So here's the big learn for me this week was, uh, and this is not what we've been talking about, but it is really the lesson I learned is you need to make sure that you know, as a leader, what the other person is looking for in value, what your people actually find valuable. Because otherwise you end up doing like what I did this week and you give them a proposition that's actually a great proposition. There's nothing wrong with it, uh, but it has they don't it, they don't connect to it because it's not valuable to them. So, it's, you know, it's valuable to you. It's valuable to me. You and I've not, not what's valuable to you, not what's valuable. to me. Yep. I've not. I Yeah. So it's uh, it was a good good learning experience for me. And, you know, leadership sucks. So Dude, that's so good. And the funny thing is, though, Joel, is. When you said that, and I forget how you even worded it, but it's like, yeah, well, that's that's like day one shit for leaders, right? But that is that is probably one of the biggest stumbling blocks in terms of, of putting a presentation together or presenting anything, selling anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. We have a tendency without even realizing it to sell from our own perspective. We're like, this is why I think this is great. Yeah. You know, have some of this. Where what we should be doing is is trying to find their perspective and then presenting it from a perspective that you know they'll understand, right? Regardless yeah. of if yeah. you think that that angle, you know. But that's good, Joel. I like it. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. All right, man. Well, we'll see in a couple days, man. Anything else, man? Yeah. That's right. You guys uh, have any weather coming up, or you guys got clear sailing? We're good down uh, here. Weather tonight, and then I think I, to be honest with you, man, I quit looking at the weather because what's the point, right? I, I mean, my fair, just kind of all it does is just brings a guy down, you know. So I don't did, need it. Yeah, you just don't, I don't need that. Ain't no one got time for that. Oh, I was really, man, I before we were heading to Florida. I was really keeping an eye on it there, uh, just because I was concerned about being able to get out, and I exhausted myself looking at the weather and so now that that's all done done with and i don't have to go anywhere yeah you've uh you take a little break from it now yep i really paid attention to i it. got you so i be- I, I, got I you. do believe we'll get some snow tonight we should be some sailing into the weekend though so all right well good well yeah we'll see you this weekend man uh good. take care yep talk Love to you soon. man yep Love talk soon, soon. okay bye